Hello and welcome to another episode of the Parenting NI podcast. If this is your first time listening, we are the leading parenting sport charity in Northern Ireland and we get together each month to bring you this podcast and to discuss the parenting topics you want to know more about. This month we're talking about exam results. Um, it's hard to believe but we're only about a week or so away from those wee envelopes arriving and so young people and parents may be starting to feel the nerves creeping in. So with that in mind, uh, this month we'll be discussing managing your expectations when it comes to your young person's exam results. And a little bit later on, I'll be chatting to Young Enterprise about recognising young people's potential and developing their entrepreneurial and employability skills. So now I have Maria Rogan with me. How are you, Maria? Hiya. Um, Maria is our Director for Training and Development, but she's here today with her work hat on. Um, she'll be talking about her most important job, and that Absolutely. is being a mum. <laughs> totally. Um, so Maria, you have a son who is... I have a 19-year-old son, yes. Yes, okay. Um, and so thinking back a couple of years ago to when he was at school yes. and um, was taking his exams... What was that kind of experience like? Absolutely. And I think it goes right back to third year when you choose your subjects. Mm -hmm. And I think it's about, you know, the apprehension of the young person, but also me as a parent. You know, you're thinking at that time that you should choose these subjects that will put him in a path for his career for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. And so that can be quite daunting, not just for me as a parent, but also for my son, the young person. You know, so looking at his subject choices and... you know, he decided to choose what he really loved, what he was passionate about. Um, and one of those subjects was art. Um, but some of the subjects he really didn't fully understand what those subjects entailed. Mm-hmm. What the jump between third year into GCSE and the coursework that it entailed. So it has been a learning curve. Mm-hmm. And as a parent, um, you just have to follow that journey. But through GCSE year... There was challenges mm-hmm. because at it's it's continuous assessment. So it's not that at the end of your, you know, fifth year, at the end of your two years of study of GCSEs, that those exam results. It's continuous exams, which is quite good mm-hmm. because the young person and me as a parent knows how he's getting on, what his grades are like, and what he needs extra help and support with. Mm-hmm. So that journey is challenging but it's it's quite good for him to explore what he likes what he doesn't like yeah when you're in fourth year you're doing you know assessments maybe at christmas summons in june then the following year there's continuous exams so mm-hmm. it's that pressure where i suppose looking at my son he took it in his stride mm-hmm. you know it didn't phase him yeah and um, maybe into the latter of the fifth year when there's so much so much at once um, and understanding how to study and not knowing yeah. how do you do that yeah, and yeah. not being equipped to do that. And also my expectations that I expected him to be locked in a room for hours <laughs> studying when that's not realistic. No, no. You know, and it's about balance and all of that. Yeah. And also making sure that he's coping with that okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which he did okay, but coming up into the latter end of, you know, his GCSEs, his um, decision to stay on at school he he wasn't comfortable in that mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. it didn't motivate him anymore mm-hmm. um he seen the world as a bigger place so that started our conversation on what could he do after his GCSEs okay. which was quite good to to discuss that early 
Yeah. And think about those options early in our family, not just in school. Yeah, yeah. So then as a family, we thought, well, what are your options? Mm -hmm. And for us, we decided just listen and make sure that we as a parent helped him look at all the options, even outside of school. Yeah. And I know through school and through the Careers Advisory Service and through Careers Advice in School, there was a lot of more emphasis down the academic route. Um, and I wanted to make sure the door was open. The door was open no matter what route and what options there were. Um, and I do think, looking back at the process, um, my son going to the local college to look at his options and speak to their careers advisors was very beneficial. You were well prepared. So even before the kind of results were coming totally. through the door, you, you had thought about all the different options yes. um, that, that he had. So when when August kind of came around then and uh, you were waiting on that wee envelope coming through the door, what was that kind of experience like too? Would you have any words of wisdom for parents Absolutely. who are going through that in a week or so? I think, you know, for me, the envelope didn't come through the door in okay. that respect because we went to the school. Okay. And I think a lot of schools do that now where you go to the school to pick up your results. Uh-huh. But there's a lot of pressure there, not just for a young person, but you as a parent. Because when I, I can remember the day so vividly, we went down to the school, all his friends were there, some friends he hadn't seen since he finished school in June, um, teachers were there, principals were there, and he went and got his wee envelope. Um, and his apprehension, he never thought of it all summer, but it wasn't until those couple of days where the conversation was starting between him and his friends that he realised, oh, my results are coming out. Yeah. Um, but going down, looking at that, Probably because he's a boy, he, he just he's very independent, so he wanted to open the results on his own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it was, how do you decipher the results? Because the page is quite complex. So to look at, what did I get? For example, in my business studies. Uh-huh. So to look at the grade on the sheet, it you really had to take a moment to see what that was. Okay. Um, because it's not laid out as clearly. Yes, so as a parent, yeah. to be prepared to maybe just take a moment and look at that sheet. Mm-hmm. You know, I let him open it at his own space. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a parent, for me not to kind of to take a bit of time to look at the, what the results said and listen to him. So he was telling me mm-hmm. what the results were. And, you know, we were very impressed that he did so much better than he thought he was going to do. Okay, yeah. um, but then that opened more options and confusion for us. Yeah. Because before he, we opened the envelope and he was in the school environment, he knew what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So his choice, mm-hmm. and we spent six months deciding this, was that he wanted to um, become an apprentice electrician. Okay. Um, and that option, it's not an easy option. There's a lot of hurdles that you have to go through, through the interviewing process, through the application process in the college. Mm-hmm. So to make that decision has was a journey. Um, but then on the morning of his GCSE results, it was like he hadn't made that decision. It, the, the decision was just all up in the air because he did so much better than he thought. Um, and he was surrounded by his mates and yes. he was surrounded by the teachers yeah. that then he thought, maybe should he stay on at school? And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, so I would give parents the tips looking back to what I did was not to make a rash decision there and then. Um, he could have very easily and he was being easily encouraged to stay on at school. Yeah. Um, 
which I knew in my heart was not the right decision for him mm-hmm. because of the experience for the previous six months in school. Yeah. Um, so my tip would be to leave the, the school grounds, go and have a coffee, which is what we did. Yeah. We went and had a coffee, not surrounded by friends and teachers and um, outside influences, and just take a moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that allowed him to reflect on why he made the choice he was going to make and also to discuss, is that the right choice? Mm-hmm. Um, without that peer pressure. Yeah. Because when you're in an environment and all your mates are all buzzing around the place and the, some have got better results and some haven't, uh-huh. then you can get sucked into that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Particularly for teenagers, you know, what is so much like, so like what your friends are doing. Totally. And, you know, You've built that friendship group up over all those years yes. in school and you kind of think, oh, you know, maybe I would like to stay yes. on with my mates and have that other two years where you're not like out into the working environment. Absolutely. And, you know, um, and so you did then eventually make the decision. Absolutely. To stick of, with his choice. Okay. Um, because we thought... And he thought it was, he led it. And I think it's up to me and my husband as a parent to listen to him, to communicate, but to effectively listen and not put our anxieties onto him. Mm-hmm. So our, it may have been the easier choice. And I do think for him, it probably might have been the easier choice to stay on at school yeah. because an apprenticeship route is not easy yeah. because you're going into the big bad world of work. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and the expectations of employers of the course you're moving out of that secure, safe environment of school into an environment which you're unsure about, you've never experienced before, you're only 16. Um, but now that I'm two years down the line or three years down the line, that was the right decision yeah, and the right choice for him. So we made that decision on that day to let's go and register, let's get accepted onto your course and then discuss the options rather than rush into something on the day yeah. of your exam results because emotions are very high. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And definitely. there's so many stresses and influences. And sometimes at least if you have options, because we knew the school had said that they would, he could stay. Yeah. So he had the option to stay and um, registered for A-levels or he had the option to go um, and complete an apprenticeship. So I thought, unless we went to the college on that day, then there was an option closed. Mm-hmm. Even just when you're talking there, and um, noticing some of your language, which is, is quite nice, because when I think about um, my own kind of experience, uh-huh. I'm thinking about, um, I mean, it's slightly different with GCSE, because you're not, but applying for universities and things yes. like that. Um, the talk is always around, like, alternatives. Yes. Which, which makes you think that university is the right totally. route or even alternatives to staying on at school to do your A-levels. Absolutely. That word isn't, you know, you're using the word options, which is really nice in yes. terms of like, this is what you have in front of you. It's not just like, it's an alternative. You didn't yes. get into university or you didn't get back into school. So, you know, absolutely. what what will we do now type thing. Yes. So that's really nice, actually, to maybe even think about the kind of language that you're using with your young person. And it's not about like an alternative route as a negative type thing. It's about yes. looking at what options you have and deciding what's right for you. I mean, it's normal for parents, obviously, to want the best for their child mm-hmm. and to, to kind of have those sort of expectations. But I suppose it's just about managing kind of, as you said, what the, what the options are and I think language is very important because I think it should start at an earlier stage and I think back 
because my son is 19, he was one of the first through the selection process okay. through the transfer yeah, test. Yeah. And I think we as parents should look at language. So when you're looking at that language, like non-grammar mm-hmm. can sound negative that secondary schools are of a second best, mm-hmm. the same as I think non-academic. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to go down that route. And I suppose looking back at myself when I completed my A-levels and I was waiting on my brown envelope, I didn't get what I wanted. But that opened the doors for me into a different journey. Mm -hmm. And I think think we as parents should accept, and even as adults in our own careers, that learning is for life. Mm -hmm. And whatever our young person does now at 16, when they're 30, it can be a completely different career path. And I think it's opening our minds to that, that... University is not for everyone, um, and just because you don't go down that academic route doesn't mean to say that you know your failure or second best. Some of our biggest industries in Northern Ireland are small medium enterprises. Mm-hmm. If you look at the demographics in Northern Ireland, Mid Ulster has some of the most successful businesses, and a lot of those were created out of giving our young people some skills and those skills doesn't necessarily need to be academic yeah, and the world is a small place yeah yeah I know I know I mean even when I think back myself um you know I was not I was not a fantastic student I wouldn't uh-huh. say you know I was probably very average but uh-huh. I got the results that I needed to get a university place and uh did that got a degree yes loved university but I probably loved it for the experience of it rather than the real academic side of it but I got a degree which yes it's great it's our level qualification but when I actually look at what I'm doing now I did not gain any of the skills mm-hmm. <laughs> for what I do now yes. through that kind of route I did an internship after I left university which gave me like invad- invaluable work experience you know totally like so it's all that experience after that academic route that actually got me to the career that I'm in now. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, it's interesting that it is yes. kind of thinking about the wider picture. It, it's very difficult to do that when you're in the moment and you're Absolutely. like, I haven't got the grades that I need or whatever. But it is just maybe taking a step back and thinking, do you know what? At the end of the day, a lot of the time people yeah. will tell you what's in that envelope. Those results actually don't have no. much of a bearing on what what you're going to do in the future absolutely and I think what my son has gone through is tough yeah you know going out into the real world the expectations of employers is tough mm-hmm. um and it's not an easy route yeah. you know my son the first six months has was a challenge yeah. because his friends had chosen you know to maybe do sport at a college or they were doing picked three a level um, subjects they were going to the school to do that so they were still maybe in bed when he was up at half six in the morning yeah. to go to work um, but I think as a parent we thought you, he needs to be resilient so that was his choice yeah I think after the first or second week he was forgiven up <laughs> immediately because the reality of getting up so early working that you know to maybe five and six o'clock at night and um, but now three years on um, like this week he's working in Dublin mm-hmm. you know he has worked in Cork he's worked in Donegal there's so many options for him but it is not an easy route mm-hmm. um, and I think it's what the nature of that child is yeah um, what best it's them yeah but I think it's more important that the young person's happy you know yeah, we all worry right. about our young people's mental health and their ch- what their choice is 
and is that right for them and are they struggling um, and I suppose for me as a mum of now a 19 year old um, what I've learned is to listen but also ensure that they are responsible for their own choices if they've made a choice that they follow through on that mm-hmm. um, but also there's so many options there yeah yeah that's fantastic Maria thank you for chatting to me today about this I think we've got some really good um, tips and advice there for parents in terms of looking at what the options are for the young people okay. Another thing we're keen to highlight on this episode is young people's potential beyond education. So I'm delighted to be joined by Carol Fitzsimons, who is the CEO of Young Enterprise NI. And we also have Joel White, um, and he is an alumni uh, of Young Enterprise, but he also um, now works for them, which is lovely. Um, Welcome along to this episode of the Parent NI podcast. It's lovely to have you with us. Lovely to be here. Yes, delighted. stuff. Um, so maybe for some of our listeners, Carol, who don't know a lot about Young Enterprise and what it does, could you maybe give us a wee mm-hmm. brief intro into to what you guys do with young people? Yep, Young Enterprise is part of a global enterprise education charity mm-hmm. and it's very much about developing the entrepreneurship skills of young people. So we work with young people aged 5 right through to 25 and we bring business mentors in to help them set up and run their own businesses um, and then give them opportunities to sell to the public and it's all about giving them the chance to get an understanding of the skills they'll need for work and to actually develop and improve and become competent in those skills while they're still at school. Yeah, fantastic. And maybe Joel, from your perspective, um, having been through a Young Enterprise programme, could you maybe talk a little bit about that and your experience of it? Yeah, so I um, did the company programme only last year with Carrick Grammar and it was an incredible experience. I was the managing director of our little company and ended up winning the Young Entrepreneur of the Future Award, which is really brilliant, and got to go to Canada with Young Enterprise, uh, went to the Next Generation Leaders Forum, which was like a just like a business conference for young people. And that really... I think coming out of school, that really set me in good stead with like an inner confidence in my own abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of knew that towards like results time, I wasn't sort of relying on what those little, you know, great, like those letters said, you yeah, know. Yeah. So that was a big thing for me. Yeah, absolutely. So it's equipped you with um, more skills really mm-hmm. than just kind of what you get through the traditional yeah. academic route of going out and getting results. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that is our main focus of this month's episode. So I suppose um, thinking about that when you were maybe getting that letter and yourself, Carol, if you mm-hmm. think back to them, mm-hmm. um, how did you guys do it at school? What, 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 how did you kind of feel around that time? Would you have any um, tips for parents maybe about managing that stress um, and the, the expectations around getting those results um, and then maybe from a pupil's perspective as well. Um, yeah, I do. Actually, mm-hmm. still a long time ago, but I yeah. do still remember. I think it's those things that stick in your head. I did really well in my GCSEs. Uh-huh. I didn't do as well as had been expected. I still did well in my A levels, but not to the level that had been expected. So, I didn't get into the university that I chose and had to go elsewhere. Um, and at the time, was devastated and had always done well. So, yes. really wasn't equipped with the resilience to know how to cope when I didn't do well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think as a parent now of a six-year-old and a 12-year-old, that's something I'm very conscious of. He's He's been just recently through the transfer test. We've done the first year school exams and it's something I'm very aware of, helping prepare him for both, yes, working hard to do well, 
but also preparing him for what happens if you don't and how do you build that sort of resilience and I think it's quite difficult balance for parents because you want to support them and encourage them to do the best they can do but at the same time trying to remember that whether you mean to or not you are then putting pressure on them and maybe an expectation that that you know when we talked to him before the transfer test his concern wasn't the result his concern he said was letting us down which is really hard to hear as a parent Mm -hmm. um and certainly not what we wanted to do um so and I think then it's about trying to talk through and say well let's do a little bit of you know scenario planning for want of a better term so we said you know if you get the result that you want what will you do if you don't what are your other choices are those good choices are you happy with those yes so then that's okay and trying to reassure them that you know there are alternative ways that you can go um so you know it's just a moment in time and even if there's an exam that you still really want to do that's one moment in time you know we have a culture now of lifelong learning you can go back and do it later you can do it in different places you can do it in different ways but I think in that moment you don't see any of that and that's the hard thing is to see past so I think it's important rather than having those conversations after the results actually try and have them before doing it in advance in advance so that there's a little bit of reassurance of you know whatever the result is we we will get through that together yeah and and what about yourself joel maybe coming at it from the perspective of a people would you have any Mm -hmm. advice i mean i remember getting really nervous mm-hmm. yeah. about, you know about what was going to be Absolutely. in that envelope yeah it's, such a, yeah it's such a scary time in life because your whole your whole school life all you've really known is getting through school getting those grades that you need and for me it was this time last year you know that summer you're just thinking the whole time what are those little grades going to say and yeah I was the same as Carol did well at GCSE A level not so well I didn't get the grades I needed to get into well I was going for a school leavers program with PwC mm-hmm. um but again, through um, Young Enterprise, like they appreciated the skills that I'd learned there and um, the achievements I got there. So I, I managed to get on that, which was, which was great. But it is, it's that sort of, it's that expectation you put on yourself and, and you sort of put that on family as well. You, you, you know your mum and dad want you to do well. You know that your family are wanting that. And the embarrassment of having to tell people how you've done um, because there is such a pressure. And it really depends on the school you go to as well. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, so I was at a grammar school and... A lot of grammar schools, I don't think mine in particular, but they can be real grade factories. You yeah. know, that's your purpose. And there is such a short-term focus on get your A-levels, get to university and get the job you need to work. Mm-hmm. When you come out of school, you sort of realise that there's not that same pressure. And as you said, Carol, that sort of continuous learning throughout your life, there's yeah. no real pressure to go and do that right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I suppose that's something, I mean, even when I reflect back on, on my education and I mean, I'm still learning things as I go along. I mean, what I did at school and what my degree was in is very different, actually, mm-hmm. to what I'm now doing. Mm-hmm. So I suppose, is that something that we could maybe reassure parents about? And young people, encourage parents to share with their young people that really, as you say, Carol, in that moment, it might seem like a massive, massive issue or a problem, but it doesn't really impact that much mm-hmm. on, on your life in, in the future. Yeah, probably the fact I'm mental health is, is huge for true yeah and true. I, I also notice coming out of school there's a real it's a strange time as well that's sort of did you ever sort of think you know transition yeah that transition yeah. from like your expectations you're, not about that. you're sort of the, like the, yeah but even you are like 
king of the castle when you're in school, upper sixth, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like, no one, mm-hmm. yeah, there's you're an adult, no one really cares. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, and no, I, I suppose when you get into like if you're further education or you're out into the world of work, mm-hmm. it's like you are kind you're, of you're on your own in the yeah. bad world. Yeah. you know, I and think, there's no one kind of guiding mm-hmm. you in that sense. I think you find some people thrive in that, and some people crash. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like you've got the people who maybe maybe care too much in school, maybe were a bit shy or a bit nervous, they really find themselves and, you know, they can really, they get into things and, you know, they're not afraid to, like, be their own person. And mm-hmm. then you've got the other end of the spectrum where people maybe really thrived in school and all of a sudden they're just really affected because they don't have that constant, you know, support group, that, that constant group of people around them that they're mm-hmm. really, you know, valued. So yeah. I think that's, I've, I've noticed that just my first year of school, a lot of people suffering from mental health uh, problems with that you know yeah, so it's yeah. interesting although I wouldn't be surprised with social media how mm-hmm. like you know you'd think there would there would have to be a rise you know with how yeah. prevalent that is and I suppose there's a bit of um kind of well as you mentioned social media there if you've got friends that are going off to university mm-hmm. or getting these jobs and everything it's, it's people's highlight reel really mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. that it's not yeah, necessarily sure. real life yeah. um so that has an impact on on mental health too for young people I I think on the social media point that is something that around results time is also very important to Mm -hmm. consider how you approach that and you know same thing for for my son after a transfer test I think it's the same for when you see the GCSE and A level results coming out you know be considerate to yeah. others there are others out there have not maybe got what they expected and certainly that wasn't around you know when I got my results um so I think it's even as a parent even if you're exceptionally proud of your child and what they've mm-hmm. achieved it's enough just to say you know we've had a great day delighted or you know you don't need to put every single result the child's got up mm-hmm. um, and I think it's very dangerous for parents to get sucked into that mm-hmm. on a day when more than anything the child probably just needs you to be with them yeah. one-on-one in person as yeah. opposed to on social media and for themselves as well to mm-hmm. maybe be careful what they're posting up and be conscious of you know the yeah, feelings of their friends the around them maybe on other yeah. families too yeah absolutely yeah. and maybe just planning something Nice, to do with your nice. or maybe or reasonably, you know, regardless, we're going out. Not a, if you mm-hmm. do well, yeah, we'll go out. So it's like, oh, well, yeah. you, you haven't done as well yeah. as expected. So we're not quite today. Do you know that's yeah. that's not great. So it it needs to not. It's too late. The exams are done. Mm-hmm. So it just needs to be. You know, let's let's go out and be glad that you know it's it's over and yeah. it's passed. My mum and dad were very good at that. They always took the day off, and it was either well, we'll go out, we're going to go out at this time and say it doesn't go too well before, then we've got time to really uh, sort of uh, sort your life out for the next year, you know. (laughs) And do you know, and maybe on the day, it's it's hard to deal with all of that on the day so I think sometimes as well you just need to have give yourself you know step back and I know with with the universities it can be different because there is stuff you maybe need to do straight away but I think again if you've talked through that in advance and sort of had a bit of a plan of what are the the options that you're going to go for then you kind of have that plan be in place yeah it's just a little bit of preparation really um and something that actually you mentioned um at the start there Joel was how your experience with Young Enterprise actually, regardless of grades, let's forget about maybe what people are finding in the envelope, um, helped you on your career path? Yeah, well, for me it really just, like, I, it completely tra- changed my career trajectory. You know, I, mm-hmm. was, I was dead set on doing physiotherapy before, um, 
and then I just loved Young Enterprise. I loved Cell, and I loved that real experience you had, and it opened my eyes to like a world of business that I didn't know was there, um, which was incredible. And then from there, sort of looked down an accountancy route, um, and then yeah, after being in that accountancy route, turned out I didn't really enjoy that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm trying to go down the entrepreneurial route, so trying to. Uh, launching my own app in the next well week or so but well, just whenever that comes out so in review at the minute so waiting for that to come out but um can you talk about what the app is yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> shameless plug here yeah um, so it, it's called usu and it uh-huh. is an app with the purpose of supporting local independent retailers so businesses sign up for free and can give any discounts or deals that they have and then users sign up and they can like their favorite businesses and access all um deals from local businesses across northern ireland so that's the plan Uh, but really yeah for me Young Enterprise just gave me a sense of um, confidence in myself you know confidence in skills I already had um, that they're useful in other ways you know you don't need to go down a traditional career path and that um, I can use the skills that I have and just create something you know just do Mm -hmm. something Um, Mm -hmm. and just even like creating like a really basic product you know it sort of gives you lets you see what you can do there you know and, and that there is room for us to try something early. That's really cool um, and great that those um, skills are being fostered in, in young people through through some of the young enterprise programs and not only in terms of, of confidence there, as you were saying, but in terms of kind of equipping you with skills for the workplace, I suppose. And I mean, when I think back on my own experience um, in school, I mean, I didn't really necessarily think that careers advice was was brilliant um but I mean I suppose that's maybe because at 16 17 I didn't really know what I wanted to do and I mean how can you kind of prepare a child for that I guess for any parents listening here maybe thinking what kind of path will their child go down now um is there any kind of advice you would give on that yeah, I think, I mean, careers teachers, and particularly now, have a very challenging role yeah. to undertake um, when you look at the amount of different new jobs that are out yeah. there. And we know from, you know, you, you see all the reports coming out that the young people nowadays are going to be doing jobs that don't exist yet. So how can right. you actually help a young person plan mm-hmm. to do that? So I think what we need to do is flip that model around and encourage young people and their parents to learn how to look at the employment landscape and understand what's there and to be ready and prepared for um, a career that won't be a linear pathway and even you know our volunteers that go into schools from business one of the things we ask them to do is to talk about their career path Mm -hmm. because in reality very few people have a linear career path they've moved I used to work in the private sector and manufacturing and I've ended up running a charity so you know how would a careers teacher have mapped that out so it's really trying to flip it around and say, well, what are the skills you have? How will you be able to transfer those? Mm-hmm. And not being scared of that. I think it's we still very much try and expect a career teacher to have a crystal ball to give us an answer to a question, as you say. We don't know. We don't know what we want yeah. to do. We maybe haven't experienced it yet. So I think, again, that, that sort of feeds back into the, the whole aspect of, I know when I took my first job in manufacturing, I was really worried what if I've chosen the wrong job mm-hmm. and what will yeah. I do? And my mum said, well, then you can change job or, <laughs> you know, retrain. Had never occurred to me that that was an option because, again, I think, uh, you know, it's such a conveyor belt at that point mm-hmm. that you're just focused on, I need to then get into my career. So I think that sort of aspect of really just 
reducing the pressure in that way of saying it's it's okay they you know go undertake a job and you can move sectors you can you know can move all sorts of ways but in every job you will have certain core skills which are the core skills we look at in company of you know time management project management ability to deal with people which are all the skills that the skills barometer and the OCD say are going to be in demand because it's the human skills that we need to develop. And I suppose that's something that people are maybe a bit afraid of in the workplace too, that technology is developing at such a fast rate. And as you say, I mean, that is very true. You you probably can't predict what jobs are going to be out there. Um, But it is about, you'll always need that human aspect to it. So it's maybe not being afraid of that, what's coming down the line. I think what is also important as we go through that process is to realise there's a lot of valuable information out there mm-hmm. um, on the internet. And again, sort of going back to the social media thing, um, you know, I would work with SIA and they mm-hmm. have very good um, you know, information that they'll put out on results day as opposed to you quite often will see people on forums saying, well, I think that this is what th- this means and, you know, different parents discussing it. Mm-hmm. And again, it's back to, well, that's probably not the best time to get a, you know the advice from your friend whose child maybe did something similar four years ago mm-hmm. that's the time to go and get the factual information be it from you know yourselves and parenting and I or you know the the place they want to go to or whatever mm-hmm. but I think it's mm-hmm. an important time to get back to facts yeah rather than yeah. just what your friend thinks from what they did that's great um if there's maybe any parents listening to this who think they'd like their young person to get involved or maybe to check in with you guys, with Young Enterprise. How can they get in touch with you and find out a wee bit more? Um, they can, if they go to the website, uh, they'll be able to contact us from there. But most important thing is ask in your school and say, mm-hmm. you know, uh, is my child having their, you know, their employability and their entrepreneurship skills developed? Do you run Young Enterprise? And if they do, get them involved. And if they don't, uh, encourage them to get involved. Absolutely. Thank you so much for talking to me today and giving me insight into the work that you do and also talking about your own experiences. That was a really good discussion. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So before we sign off for this month's episode, just a quick update to let you know that we have launched this year's Big Parenting Survey. And we want to hear from as many parents as possible about the realities of parenting in Northern Ireland. This year, we do have a particular focus on technology because that was something that you told us was a big concern in the 2018 survey. So please visit our website, that's parentingni.org or our social media, which you can just get us on forward slash parentingni and all the usual platforms. And you'll be able to find out more about how to take the survey, which should only take a few minutes. It's important that you have your say in order for us to advocate on your behalf and ensure that services meet your needs. So thanks again for listening. Um, If you would be so kind to subscribe to the podcast, that would be great. That means you get notifications every time a new episode drops. And if you could also give us a rating and a review, um, if you're enjoying listening, that would be really helpful uh, because that raises the visibility of the podcast for other parents to find us. So thanks again, and I'll talk to you next month. Take care. (laughs) 